looking pretty, but my mom think I'm handsome. We're back in my kitchen. Uh, I have a list of things I want to talk about. Uh, first, right off the bat, I want to talk about the 2021 off-season trade tracker went through starting in June, going until July 31st. You know, I won't talk about every single one, but I'll talk about some that I think are relatively. First off, uh, I didn't even know this happened. Um, so Al Horford and Moses Brown and the 2023 second round pick goes to Boston and OKC gets Kemba a 2021 pick, whoever, probably nobody, 2020, and then a 2025 second. Uh, I, I, I think I remember hearing that Kemba was kind of on the outs in Boston, but I don't see how this helps Boston at all. Um, I'm not sure about Tristan Thompson's, what's his contract like? Because I'm not sure if he's still the books for this. How do I find? Ah, uh, okay. So he signed a two-year, $19 million contract Monday, November 30th. So he's still got one more year left, I, I think so. Because I want to know if that, that second year... Yes. So, no, so he's done. 2021, 2022... Oh, no, no, he's got one more. I don't know what year it is. Because we just finished the 2020 to 2021 season. And now he's going to go into his 2021 to 2022 season. He's making almost $10 million, And then he's an unrestricted free agent. So there's a center, right? You have a center in Tristan Thompson. I'm not saying he's good or better than Al Horford. You know, they're, they're probably about the same, I, I would imagine. I don't think Al Horford is any valuable at all. So I guess they were just desperate and this is the best they could get for Kemba. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm also not super high on Kemba. Um, so I think it helps with OKC and their effort to tank for multiple years. Because um, I don't think he's going to. And then the next one that I see here is that Memphis, they get Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, uh, the 2021 10th pick, and then the 2021 40th pick, and then a 2022 first pick. Now, is that unprotected? Uh, it, it, I, I'm not sure. That would be kind of nuts. If this okay, yeah. So it says here that they get a protected 2022 first round pick. Uh, so it says, and this guy's saying that the, the, the top 10 pick, it's top 10 protected in 2022. Okay. So that's not bad. Uh, but New Orleans gets Jonas Valanciunas. He's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. Um, I think, um, I don't think I, he shoots very well, you know, because for New Orleans, it's all about spacing. You know, he shoots, it says 20, his last year, he shot 36. That ain't, that's respectable. Like, I feel like you have to guard that a little bit, you know? So not bad. You, you want to space the floor. They also got the 17th pick, and then they'll get, and they got the, the 51st pick. I'm not sure why they did this. Uh, is Eric Bledsoe, um, they really wanted Jonas Valanciunas. I'm, I don't know what I'm missing here. I feel like this really helps Memphis. I, see, I like Steven Adams a lot. He plays good defense, uh, and he gets rebounds. And he'll dunk the ball, pretty good. Eric Bledsoe, not so much. Uh, if he can, you know, become more efficient, kind of. I mean, I mean, you have the, your core there in Memphis, so if he kind of just kind of find his place, I think he'll be all right. And then Zaire Williams uh, is kind of all potential. I think the tenth pick. I've I've heard of him. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure he's going to be that good. Uh, 
this trade on July 29th, Cleveland gets Ricky Rubio, who's old now, I think. It's Tory and Prince. And it's, uh, the only reason I mention it is because I think Ricky Rubio, uh, I like Ricky. Um, and then, the, then there's the Russell Westbrook trade. I talked about that already uh, previously, last episode, and how I think that while people on Instagram are going to make memes and stuff, uh, how they're insane, um, they gotta they gotta get other people around them who can shoot the ball, because uh, uh, Russell he ain't he ain't shooting. He's a volume shooter. He's not very efficient. Um, AD can shoot. You know, depends on what 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 mood he's in. Is he taking faders? Is he getting to the rim? Same with LeBron. Not not not, not sure. Um, a lot of draft trades. There's this one. This future first round. So there's this on July 29th. There was a Charlotte. New so it says the Hornets traded a future first round pick to the Knicks for this year's number 19 pick and landed forward Kai Jones. I don't know anything about Kai Jones. I feel like I heard of him. He might play for a big school. I don't know. But it's the 19th pick. And what are the odds that that's going to really pan out? Uh, the phrase most people are using to describe the future first round is heavily protective. So the pick protection for the future first to New York is it's protected 1 through 18 next year, 1 through 16 the next year, 1 through 14 the next year, and then it will turn into two future second round picks if not conveyed. I'm not sure why this was made. I guess they're hoping that the that Charlotte's going to be really bad, or I, I guess really good? I, I don't know. I, I'm confused by this. I don't understand it. Not, I'm not sure I would do this if I if I if I um, I always love seeing cash considerations. Fifty third pick. So far, not a lot of Dirk Favors going to OKC, and then an unknown first rounder. You know, can't say it's uh, that exciting. Really think about this. Hopefully, there's more to happen. I know I saw that. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Kawhi declined his. Um, player option and so did Chris Paul you know Kawhi is not as interesting because I think he's just going to re-sign for something bigger um, but uh, Chris Paul straight up had a player option for 44 million and turned it down which is nuts I, I mean t guaranteed 44 million dollars and you're like nah I, I think I'll do something else that's that's nuts um, I don't know because he ain't gonna he ain't gonna get that from anybody else. There's no way. Maybe he will. Maybe I'll be wrong. You know, somebody will will screw it up. But I mean, let's check it out. Is there any declining? This uh, article says Zach Levine wants respect in extension talks. He has one season left on his twenty million dollar worth nineteen and a half million dollar contract. I think Levine's good. Um, obviously, not good at defense. Uh, it's not his thing. He dunks the ball and shoots the ball. Uh, he, he gets you buckets. That's pretty much it. Uh, but I think if you're the Bulls, you basically pay him whatever you want, whatever he wants. Because obviously, it's a Curry contract latest. Obviously, everyone is going to contain the market this season. But new so and one thing done. So, so Curry is going to extend. So yeah, he'll do, he's probably going to retire as a war. Um, the Cavs are prepping massive offer for Allen. Who is going? The Cavaliers are preparing an offer for five-year, $100 million for Jerry. These kind of 
Decisions are what destroy and handicap your organization for years. I mean, it's not to say that Jared Allen's not good, but he ain't $20 million a year good. Are you kidding me? Zach Levine is making $20 million. I'd rather have him. Jared Allen can't shoot beyond 10 feet from the basket. I, I don't know. I know, he, you know, he's good and all, but here we go. Let's see. What's next for the Lakers? What is the, yeah. So the Lakers have to retain some of their talent, or don't. I would say probably don't. There seems to be some, they, they need 3 and D guys. That's all they need, and as cheap as possible. So in this list, they have Otto Porter Jr. He's a good three-point shooter. I like that. I like Patty Mills. I like that. Um, Danny Green could come back, win another championship. That would be nice. So the Knicks, they say the Knicks have 50 million in space. That's the, the Mavericks could get up to 30. So Kawhi declining his $36 million player option. As expected, the veteran guard will test free agency as he enters his age 36 season. Declines 44. I mean, are there any? The Suns remain the favorites to retain him. But if that's the case, why wouldn't he just, is he, is he, is he like, okay, I'm going to decline and then take less money so that you can go out and get better players? If so, that's pretty cool. Uh, but I don't think he's that kind of guy. So I wouldn't necessarily, but yeah, that's pretty much all that's happened. Not, not a whole lot to talk about. It's not as exciting as, as what it could be. Oh yeah. And then there's this. Uh, the Heat are declining the $15 million team option for Andre Iguodala, which makes sense. $15 million for Andre Iguodala, uh, that, that would have been insane. But I also heard they're going to pay uh, Duncan Robinson like eight. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, I know he can shoot, I guess, but he had a slump after his rookie season. I mean, last year did not play well. Um, so is he worth 18? And then in terms of more extension talk. Luca is in the Olympics, so I don't know how he's doing both at the same time, but he's going to land a five-year, $202 million contract. And to remind people, is over the course of his career. Um, oh, this is something I think I'd be interested in to talk about. Uh, ben Simmons. Um, the Sixers, it's not a surprise. I mean, I've seen plenty of articles about it that the Sixers are asking a lot for Ben Simmons, um, which I respect, you know. He was your number one pick. But you got to understand that this is probably, in terms of his value, this is the lowest, right? It's, you know, you bought high and now you're selling low. It should be the other way around. You know, so... You know, so it says, at minimum, the Sixers are seeking control of at least four future first-round picks or pick swaps, along with an all-star level level player, which that, that, that sounds crazy. That, I mean, how are they going to, I mean, yeah, I don't understand. I just, all I can think about is that, that, that clip of him getting the ball right in front of Trey Young. I don't know what game it was in the fi- in the Eastern Finals. He's right there. He's 6'10", and he passes it out. Like, uh, some, I mean, I don't know. People don't want to blame Doc, you know. They want to blame Ben. They want to blame other people or whatever. But uh, something about his mental thing got broken. So uh, as a coach, you need to recognize that 
and try to help your player out, you know, and play to his strength. And I mean, this is kind of a rant, but what I don't understand about basketball players like Ben Simmons or Giannis or anybody who is, you know, a genetic freak, a a genetic anomaly, right? They should not be this big, strong, and fast and and good at basketball all at the same time. It's kind of ridiculous. So why, if you have all the uncoachable things, right? I can't coach you to be taller, right? Uh, I can't coach you to be, um, but you can coach someone how to shoot better. That is possible. It's been done plenty of times. I mean, there's whole workshops, there's camps, there's all kinds of stuff. So why, I mean, Ben Simmons in 2016, it's 2021. So you're telling me between 2016 and 2021, no one showed him how to shoot a basketball better? He's been shooting the same way this entire time. Like there's a, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And you're doing it the wrong way. And I mean, that's clear up the free throw line too. I mean, the play, I mean, look at this playoffs, 34%. He was two of six. That's crazy. That, that, I mean, that's, that's wild for a guy who's a 6'10". I mean, he's good at defense. I'll give him that. Like, I like that. I like the steal and a block per game. You know, he, he plays good defense. And honestly, his, you know, field goal percentage and effective field goal percentage pretty good. And he doesn't shoot threes, which if you're not if you're not good at them, don't shoot them. I like that. But in the playoffs, he averaged 4.9 made field goals, and then he averaged 7.9 attempts. I mean, if you're part of the big three, um, like you gotta, you gotta take shots. You can't score without shooting. What are you doing? You know, and it's like when your career average for free throw shooting is 59. What's going on? So something mentally happened there. Um, and then points, his career 15.9. But we look at this year's playoffs. He averaged 11. Uh, I don't understand. And then every year. That they've made the playoffs, it's been steadily declining. He hit 16 points, 13, and then 11 in the playoffs. So I don't know what why the Clippers are asking so much. I mean, I, I guess why not? Um, because if I'm them, if if I'm if I'm not going to get if I'm not going to get some sort of crazy offer back, you know, with a lot of stuff in return then I think it's better for me to try to fix him personally. Um, I think the potential, like there's still a lot there. You know what I mean? Um, there's still a lot there to work with, you know, like, like 25 or something. He doesn't, and he just turned 25, July 20th. So he won't turn 26. Keep working on him. It can happen. I believe in you. Um, but you're not going to get what you're asking for. Next thing I want to talk about, uh, and something I think is funny, is there's this guy on Twitter. Uh, it says Barry McCockiner. The handle is so you know just by that it seems pretty trolly. But he hates Tom Brady, and I hate Tom Brady. So I was going to scroll through some of his 
see what he's saying. This, like this tweet right here. This, I mean, it's so salty, but it, like I love it. It says, Kurt Warner's six Super Bowl touchdown passes traveled more yards, 174, than Tom Brady's 21 Super Bowl touchdown passes, 159. I don't know. I'm just saying. Not that, not that it means anything, but I'm not And in this tweet, he's reacting to a clip of Tom Brady's first game as a starter. Uh, or makes his NFL debut at the Hall of Fame game. And he says the most overrated player in sports. This tweet uh, says, Tom Brady's defenses have allowed 12 points in his last two Super Bowl appearances. Not many QBs could win with their defense allowing six points. Uh, I, I, I happen to agree. That's, that's, that's pretty much my takeaway from the Super Bowl this past year. Um, is that there is the difference between the Buccaneers defense last year and then this year is insane uh and then people you know i mean people i don't know people who are considered the greatest aren't always the greatest right sometimes they they lose they have but like we're just gonna forget about last season i mean they lost to the titans i thought he was supposed to be the the goat and it's like and then you'll hear people say like oh football you know it wasn't um and so my general thoughts on tom brady are is that I think he is overrated, honestly, legitimately. Not like too much, not, you know, into an extreme amount, you know, and it's not like I have any, 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 any personal vendetta against, I don't really care about it. I mean, I, I don't, I just don't like, um, I don't like it when people are kind of celebrated for things that they didn't really do when especially in football i mean basketball is different right basketball there's only five of your four other your teammates five of you against five other guys and you play offense and defense he plays just quarterback he just plays one side of the ball at one position and if you were to watch the super bowl this last year you would not say brady won that game right the defense did so yeah, look at, I mean, maybe it's luck. I don't know. But it says, in 19 years as a starter, Brady has had the benefit of a top 10 defense on his side. In fact, the worst defense Brady ever had was in 2002 when New England allowed 21 points a game. So that's kind of crazy. Is that, I don't, is that luck? I'm not so sure. I'm not, I don't know. Also, Brady's first two titles were clinched by the foot of Vinatieri. I mean, literally, if he had missed, he hit a 48 and a 41 time expired. If he misses those, they lose. We're talking, I mean, the, the Seattle game, they don't throw it and they run it. Instead, it's a different ball game. They, they win that, that Super Bowl. Um, we're just going to let slide the fact that he had a perfect season, had one game to go to have a perfect season, and then lost to the New York Giants. Uh, that is not a, a, some sort of blot on his record. I am not, I, I, I dislike the idea of a GOAT in football in general. You can be maybe the GOAT at a position, but not in football total, right? There's too many positions and too much going on. Um, and then this, it says, uh, 
the Patriots dynasty began with the end of the season ending fumble only to be saved by a rule no one had ever heard of. Kind of crazy. Um, I mean, and then we're not, I mean, not even to mention that while he was there, you know, I'm not saying he was part of it, maybe it was just a coaching thing, but I mean, the, the New England Patriots filmed other teams' practices. There was Deflategate, which I think was a little overblown, but, but still, you know, not a good look. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's like in basketball when see people say, like, Michael Jordan has six rings or whatever, right? And three, that, you know, rings, baby. It's all about the rings, right? Let's look up, what was his, I can't remember his name. Robert Ori. Robert Ori, how many, how many uh, rings does Robert Ori have? Right? A guy who's averaged seven points his whole career. One of the most cl- clutch players, I'll give him that, very clutch. Seven-time NBA champ. Seven. So championships aren't everything, that's what I'm saying. And I think stats, I think being able to improve your team makes a difference. So, and, you know, so, you know, to end with this, I would say that I, I think that, that generally Tom Brady is overrated. I think a lot of people are generally overrated. I think Patrick Mahomes is, was overrated, right? I mean, we kind of saw that in the Super Bowl. Everybody, everybody falls, you know, but it's, it's, it's about the, the, the entirety of the career. Now I want to talk about my personal life. I talked about sports, which is fun, it's cool, it's exciting, but my personal life. Uh, it's August, it's officially August, uh, what, August 2nd? So it's hot. I mean, there's legit heat advisory. I mean, it's, you know, 97, 95, feels like 110, 110 plus. Uh, if you're outside too long, you'll die. Uh, it's, it's, it's bad. Um, but that's just how it is. I mean, it's August in the South. What do you expect? Um, but it just so happens that this past Friday, I'm talking right now on Monday, August 2nd, and on Friday, uh, this past Friday, my mom's AC in her townhouse completely went out. It would work and blow air, but it would just be air. So she tried to tough it out you know, and try to stick it out. But it quickly got, got out of hand. She told me before she came over to my house, because I have AC, it works fine, that upstairs the thermostat was saying that it was 92 and that downstairs it was 87. So uh, I was like, please come on over and um, at least wait until dark before you get home. And so Usually, when you live in a townhouse, and she's leasing it, she didn't buy it. This is a unique situation where she's leasing it. So there's a property ownership group. Um, so it's almost like owning, you know, living in an apartment. So you put in maintenance requests. She put in one, no response. She, office is closed, can't get a hold of anybody. I even look up the owner of the, the the, the the apartment the townhouse area that she's in I call the office the main office that number doesn't work so I call the Atlanta office that one actually does work and takes me to a voicemail no one ever called me back uh, I start calling AC repair people they say they won't come because they're scared they'll get in trouble with the 
townhouse people messing with the AC unit. So we don't know what to do. So she, she comes over, hangs out, tries to sleep, you know, in the dead of the heat, uh, the best that she can, um, probably not very well. Comes over again. Finally, somebody responds to the maintenance request, was able to fix it. Apparently what had happened was that the amount of electricity that comes out of the wall was, is not enough to start the AC unit. And so there has to be a capacitor. And what a capacitor is, is it builds up a charge. And then once it hits a certain point, it releases it to kind of start up the AC. And that part went bad. And so nothing was getting past that. And so I guess he had a part and replaced it. And um, while my mom was here, she was monitoring the temperature from her house on her phone and was going, it was at, you know, 88, going down, going down, and now it's like 77, so it's a lot better. But what the, the, the main point of the story is, there's, there's two points I want to make. The first point is that the leasing agent office, the leasing part, not the, the, the property ownership group, the, the people who are in charge locally are terrible. Um, it's, it's a Monday, and they're closed. Who's closed on a Monday? Uh, and they're also unreachable during the weekends. No, you can't. You can't reach them. Too, too bad. I mean, if, if the guy didn't, if, if this random person didn't respond to the maintenance request, she'd still have no AAC. And then the second point is that um, she was describing uh, the way it felt when she was sleeping. And it reminded me of when uh, I went to Haiti. I went to Haiti for a, a mission trip, and there's no AC in Haiti. It's it's hot and humid all the time. When it's dark, when it's noon, when it's midnight, doesn't matter. It's hot, and there's no getting away from it. There's there is nothing. There's no there's no idea. There's no there's, there's no concept of something being cold or like I don't know chilled in, to some degree. It's either room temperature or warm. And then room temperature is warm, so it's just warm. So that really sucked. And then another thing that happened uh, was the fact that, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's tough to talk about because everything, like I said in my last episode, everything is political. Um, nothing can be talked about objectively. Uh, you, everyone has to inject politics and their emotions and, and everything into the conversation without just leaving the facts out there and talking about those and giving your opinion. And then if you disagree, that's fine, we move on. That's how it should be and that's how it's been for, I mean, uh, there are so many issues that divide people nowadays. Um, but my sister <clears throat> was working at Starbucks uh, full time and there happens to be an employee there, I don't know, but uh, was born a man. If you were to look at him, he has a man sh shape. I don't know if that is offensive to say, you know. Uh, he's just bigger, you know. Usually dudes are bigger. Uh, he has a little bit of stubble, but you can't really see his full face because he wears two masks, apparently, all the time. But he has a pin that says, she, her, but making an observation, clearly a guy. And 
Well, my sister uh, misgendered him on accident, mind you, just on accident, because it's just a reaction. It's a habit that's been built over the course of her entire life, right? When I see a woman, when I see a dude, I'll say he or she, right? When it's the opposite, it's hard to break that habit. I'm not trying to, I'm not doing it to hurt your feelings. So the first time, it was like, my bad, and she apologized, and she felt like an idiot, and she did the right thing. Um, but it's, I mean, to begin, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous that she even has to do that. Um, but apparently today, uh, she, while, while talking to a, a customer at the drive through window, so not talking to him, was but was referring to him, or I guess her, uh, and said, he's doing, he's working on it, or he's doing it, or something. And he got mad. And so she finished that, went on break, and after she got off break, word had gotten around that she did that and misgendered him, and everybody didn't like it. Everybody was mad at her. Nobody liked her. I don't know how true that is, you know. I don't know how extreme, if it was like a mean girls kind of thing, if everyone was giving her a stink face. Um, but it's Starbucks, so I could believe that everybody there would be like, you're a transphobe, and we hate you. But, um, you know, the thing I'm thinking about is how sensitive that person is. Um, to, to, like, I, she wasn't even talking to you. I mean, she was talking about you, but clearly she was not trying to be mean Right? She wasn't like, I'm gonna call you he no matter what. Even if you don't even if you don't like it, I don't care. She just it, it, she's working. It's a fast paced job at Starbucks. When it's rush hour, when it's busy, you're going. And like I said, based on the description that she's giving me, looks like a dude. It, 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 it's almost as if like I were to put on a mask and then wear a pin that said she her. There's, there's nothing about me that says woman other than the fact that I have a pin that says my pronoun. So she quit, which I mean, it makes sense. I mean, the relationship seemed kind of uh, unfixable at that point. But to be that sensitive, you know, I'm not even talking to you. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I didn't mean it. And she apologized again, but that didn't matter. The sin had already been committed. And so it's like, when, like, I'm not against, like, if you are a man and you want to be called her or she, fine. We're friends or whatever. I'll try my best. But, I, like, it, it's going to be hard to remember if you don't look like it. Um, but I also, like, have the choice, right? I think. I, I just I don't, I don't I think it's a little a little at least at least a little selfish to be like you must call me these pronouns that don't match my biological sex or call me by these pronouns that are made up. So she she quit and she's gonna apply and try to be a, a uh, work for Chick Fil A doesn't have to deal with people and won't accidentally. But I just think. The whole idea, you know, because words don't mean anything anymore. So when you when you think of phobic, you know, when you have a phobia, right, arachnophobia, um, you're afraid of it. You're scared of it. I'm not scared 
of trans people. I just, <laughs> I'm not. Um, I just I I just think that they are mentally ill. I just think that uh, their parents did them a, a huge disservice because, I mean, excluding those people who all of a sudden transitioned when they're 30, but, you know, when they start do, going through stuff and doing tr treatments when they're 12 and 13, 14 or whatever, and the parents not reinforcing the, 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 the sex that they were born with, like, that's messed up, you know? And the way I've heard it put and, and the way I, it makes sense to me is, and why I think it's a mental illness and that these people are, are sick and broken and hurting. And, um, and I mean, it, you can see that, but the suicide rate amongst transgenders is super high, right? And people would, would say, oh, that's because they're mistreated. No, it's because they're extremely depressed because in their mind, they're thinking, I'm a woman, but their body is, I'm a man. And so it's like if you're a schizophrenic, um, the worst thing you can do for somebody who doesn't see reality for what it is, like a paranoid schizophrenic, schizophrenic I, you know, I hear voices out of the radio, or I see people, is not to reaffirm those things, is not to be like, yeah, dude, yeah, that, totally, for sure, we, we hear it too. So they have a, an image in their, uh, this reality in their mind that doesn't match up with the reality that they're experiencing, and that produces a cognitive dissonance that makes them uncomfortable, and then instead of you know, embracing that and trying to overcome that and, and maybe figure out why and dig more deeper into it, we're just gonna make everybody do what I say. So, you know, I've, that's pretty much all I want to say about that. Um, transgender issues and stuff like that is, is, is crazy uh, because they are a very small minority of the population, but somehow they uh, are the loudest and they get the most attention and the most news uh, out of anything. And, and then just the, the, the idea of you know, refer, I misgendered you on accident two times, and now everyone is mad at me, and they 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 don't like me. That that just sucks. All right, so a couple hours have passed. There's a little bit of a break there. Next thing I want to talk about is uh, Corona, COVID, Delta variant, that stuff. I know I talked about it a little bit my last podcast, but I'm going to talk about it again. Um, the, the simple fact of the matter is, is that if I get vaccinated and then I still have to social distance and wear a mask, then what, why would I get the vaccine? There, there's, what is my motivation? I, I can't, because the mask would, is supposed to from my, from my understanding, the mask is to protect you from transmitting it to other people. It's supposed to work the other way around too, but it's mostly the ones that are out and about that people wear are mostly for transmission. Um, and then having to social distance and maybe cancel events and do stuff like that. Um, 
I, I don't understand the panic, especially when we know the vaccine. It's, a, it's an easy thing to look up and Google. 160, I mean, at this point, probably 180, 190 million have vaccinated. And there's only been 6,000 breakthrough COVID cases. And then like a fraction of those, did they need to go to the hospital? And like how many of those people had existing conditions? I read, uh, if, uh, just doing my own research, I was reading when they're counting COVID deaths, um, there's, they, they, they put different categories for if they had COVID plus something else. So like if someone had terminal cancer, it was going to die in five months, but then got COVID and died in two months, that's a COVID death. It's like, yeah, I get why you're counting it that way, but he had cancer. Or, you know, or like maybe some other guy had a respiratory problem or he had diabetes or something. But the stat that I had read that less than 5% of all COVID deaths are from COVID alone. And if you Google it, it's out there. It's easy to look and look up for yourself. If you just look at the age group from zero to like 54, um, the death rate is incredibly low. Your, your chances of dying are incredibly low. I mean, we're talking so low that you're more likely to die in a car crash on your way to work or something. You're more likely to slip and fall in the shower and die. Um, I mean, at what point is there an acceptable risk? Because that's a concept that is real, right? There is no, it's, it's unrealistic to have a scenario or a plan or anything where there's zero risk. There's always a risk of something going wrong or something not happening the way you want it. Because there are, there's a vaccine for polio, there's a vaccine for chicken, I got the vaccine for chickenpox and I got chickenpox when I was a kid. So it happens. The point of the vaccine is to reduce the, trans make it so that's harder for the virus to spread to other people and make the symptoms a lot more mild. There you go. And there's, there's three, three different vaccines that you can get. So at this point, if you don't get the vaccine and then you get COVID, that's your fault. I, I, don't, I don't see how it is any other way. I, I, I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. And I've heard counter arguments. You know, I try to be a well-rounded person so I've, I've tried to listen to counter arguments. You know, it's like, it's like getting the vaccine as a seatbelt and then the wearing a mask as an airbag or something, or it's like drunk driving or something. I, I don't understand these analogies uh, and they don't explain them at all. I'm baffled, seriously, I don't know. Um, and even if you just took, you, you look at just the, the, the rolling seven day average for COVID deaths and look at the graph over the last year and then look at over the, the last month, we're talking just like the, a little bit of this little spike, you know? But, but regardless, there, there's vaccines that we know work. So if you're worried about it, get a vaccine. And then if you don't want to get a vaccine and you get COVID, that's on you, man. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's the same thing with like, if you're really overweight. Obviously there are exceptions to the rule, but generalities exist for a reason. If you're overweight, 
probably because you don't exercise and you probably don't eat well. That's on you. It's no one else's fault but your own. So it frustrates me that it's going to be mandated from the top down, again, to mask up, social distance, maybe close businesses. I would not be surprised if, they, if school doesn't open on time or school opens for like two weeks and then they close it again. A few days ago was in an interview saying, oh, you know, we're definitely going to try to open on time. What do you mean try? Like the World Health, the WHO and the CDC have already said children under the age of 12, they, they don't need a mask. They don't need it. It's, act, like, it's actively bad for them because children, they rely so much on facial features and expressions than they do words and eye contact like adults. Baby, like little kids need that. And then virtual learning, I mean, there's going to be studies that we're going to read about this generation 10 years from now and how they're, they're, they're stunted in their education. And another, my final example with this is when you look at states like Florida or South Dakota or any of these, any, like, but let's, let's just say Florida. They're not locking down at all. They're not going to mandate masks from the state level down. They will let the school decide. You can choose to have a mask mandate if you want. I think that is, is a fine compromise. But their COVID rates are practically the same as Los Angeles and California and New York City, where they're locked down like crazy. So if I'm going to get COVID regardless, I'd rather live free and do what I want to do. So I don't know. I just, I just don't understand why if we have the vaccine, you are going to tell people that, yeah, you're going to still have to wear a mask. That distance incentivizes the vaccine. I mean, already it's it's already kind of a tough sell for someone young and healthy, like myself. I would I would consider myself. I don't have any sort of. I'm 26, so, you know, being the beta tester for an ultra rapidly developed vaccine uh, seems more risky than getting COVID, um, because you look at the death rate for people in my age group. It's practically nothing. So, uh, hopefully, it's not going to be like federally mandated from the top down like I said I wouldn't be surprised if <clears throat> but the next thing I want to talk about is uh, this person and I say person named Laurel Hubbard but she was not a she when she was born before coming out as transgender Hubbard broke all these records and in 2012 she trans so you might be asking it's like she was born in 1978. Let me just do the quick math on that. 34. She spent 34 years as a man. She went through puberty, all that stuff. It says before coming out as a man, she broke junior records. And then she made the New Zealand Olympic team. And then bombed. So it, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird, I wouldn't say poetic justice, you know, because it's not fair. It's just not fair. But I'm glad that she lost. Part of me also would have been glad if she dominated, but I don't really understand when I, when I read about her attempts. Because when you look at who won, um, they got at the results for the, her yeah, combined was 270. But to do two events, 
they do uh, this like snatch and they, but anyways, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure she, it was a total of 270. She lifted 120 in her third attempt at a snatch and then 150. And Laurel Hubbard at the beginning, because you start off with the snatch and that's fling it above your head and you stand up. Um, pretty, pretty insane. But you even get 120. She started off, right, so her first attempt, so she cleared the bar above her head on the second attempt, but she didn't lock her arms. So it didn't really, and she failed again in the decisive third attempt. And then that was it. Hoopla, a bunch of hoopla for nothing. For her to just, um, so, kind of interesting. I've seen some arguments, you know, and Twitter uh, talking about, you know, oh, so all that transphobia is for nothing, you know, oh, so much for an advantage. I think it says more about the fact that she just prepared or wasn't good, um, and, and that she had a weird strategy because she attempted, like, she could have just done like 120 when she couldn't do it, but that's that's I care about taxes, I don't know, uh, economics at all, <clears throat> but I have a pet peeve. The tax code in general, right, if you were to Google, if you were to look up how long it says, so according to them, book one, two is 1,200 pages for a total of 2,600, and they said at perhaps 450 words, which is more than the Bible, the entire Harry Potter series, so that's, that's how many tax code because I, I had read some yeah sections 1 through 15 doesn't really give you an idea of how long like how long a section would be but just the first all right here I'm at irs.gov it says publication one or not but there are so many documents here that have nothing to do with collecting tax other than this, I'm guessing this one, which talks about the rest of it is uh, deductions and credits and things like that. So, right off the bat, my opinion is that when people get mad about Amazon or Walmart or the 1% or whatever, not paying enough taxes or they should pay more, more, more taxes or Donald Trump didn't pay any income tax and this thing or whatever, um, the proper response shouldn't be we should tax those people more. The proper response should be we should get rid of the existing tax code completely, dissolve the IRS, and come up with something different. Because this is a failure, right? I mean, I'm looking at this. There, there's, I'm scrolling of all these PDFs describing tax, agricultural employer tax guide, Farmer tax guide, tax guide for small business, tra travel, gift, and car expenses, dependents, medical and dental, child dependent expenses, divorce. Like, in my honest opinion, a consumption tax would solve a lot of problems. It would be really, really easy. So there's two things. First is, I don't remember when they did it, but let's I can look it up. Tax withholding. Right? When do they start doing that? The current system was accompanied by a large tax when it was implemented in 1943. So since 1943, before you get your paycheck, taxes are already taken out, right? You don't even have to worry about it. Imagine, imagine if they didn't. 
if every paycheck, every month, let's say, you had to write a check, you had to, or log in and pay the government your FICA taxes, your, people would be furious. They would lose their mind. Because then they would see firsthand, I mean, it's in your pay stubs, but you don't really look at that, you look at the bottom line. But if you had to every month write, then you'd be more concerned about where your taxes are going. Maybe you might care about the upcoming $1 trillion. But that's the first thing. We should do that. And then second is, let's, let's, let's do a consumption, a sales tax, right? You know, just 10%, right? Because what do rich people do more than poor people? Spend money. Spend lots of money. Think about it. Think about Jeff Bezos, right? Jeff Bezos, yacht. His yacht. His super yacht is so big it needs. He's purchased a hundred video, but it's a huge yacht. Yeah, inside is a new five hundred million dollar mega. So, somebody like me, or even someone who's poorer than me, is not buying a five hundred million dollar mega yacht. And so there's already taxes and stuff included buying this, but if instead of all the federal tax code, they just added 10%, right? They just took 10%. Then that means it's a, it's, a, it's progressive taxes already without having to be like purposefully progressive. So because I'm not buying $500 million megagot, if I, if I decide that I'm going to save a lot of money and not spend for a month or whatever, I'm paying less taxes. And what it also does, and I th people don't consider, because you can also Google this, if you look up the U.S. Uh, black market size, which is a, a, a part of the American GDP that pr deals primarily in liquid cash, right? So it's hard to track that. Usually you don't pay taxes on that. But it says, according to different sources, it's about 12% of the US GDP. So that would make it around $2.5 trillion. $2.5 trillion that's untaxed practically. Right? Because if you go to the black market, when you go to your, your weed dealer or your, your, your drug dealer, you're not swiping your credit card, right? You're giving him cash. You think he's going to file that on his income, on his uh, tax return? Doubt it. I doubt it. But if you had a consumption tax, when he goes to spend his money, the, the federal government will get their own. They're going to get some of that. So there's this whole swath of wealth that's not being used, that's just sitting there. Two and a half trillion dollars? Imagine an extra, just 10% of that. That'd be crazy. But back to my original thing, it's something that really bothers me yeah. is um, capital gains tax and the way people look at and right. Because a lot of people don't invest, right? They don't, they don't understand the stock market. They don't understand that stuff. They don't understand what capital gains. Because it says here, like Romney, right? His overall tax rate was super low. What the? So you think, well, well, why? Well, think about it just for one second, right? The income you get taxed, right? Then you invest into a company. The the company makes money, profit. They get taxed on that money. And then they, when you sell or you get a dividend, give you money, right? 
that's been already been taxed. So at a minimum, it's been double taxed, which is ridiculous. It, I mean, it, it's, it's absurd that it's like that. And the reason it's lower is because it's double taxed. I mean, there's a graph I saw here. So you're, if you, <clears throat> you invest $100 and then now it's your, your share of the, the company or whatever is now worth $126.58. The corporate made profit, right? So the corporate had to pay 21% corporate income tax on its profit. So $26.58 is gone. Then the shareholder receives 100 in the investment income. And then the shareholder pays $23.80 in capital gains. And there's also multiple layers of other taxes that go along with that with an effective tax rate of 39.76. It's just really, it's just really annoying, right? And earlier, earlier today, I did a little bit of Googling, um, trying to, because people will talk about the, the net worth of the 1%, right? Um, and people don't really know what, so whenever you Google, let's, it's going to come up and say 192.4 billion, right? Wow, that's that's a lot of money. You think he has that in liquid cash? You think he, that's in a bank account somewhere that he can just like take it out? You think? No, dude. He owns Amazon. That means he owns every Amazon truck. He owns every warehouse. He owns the AWS servers. He owns the website, all the sales. All that stuff. How much of the 192 billion is wrapped up in things that de depreciate over? So I went and tried to Google and try to find out how much liquid cash does the one percent have, and if they, and if the federal government were to confiscate it. And so by liquid cash, I mean their checking, savings, Roth. 401k, all those accounts that are licked, that are just cash, just confiscated 100% of it from the top 1%. You could not fund the government for, a, for even a year, not even a year, not even close. You'd be hundreds of billions of dollars short. And then you just confiscated the wealth of, uh, like a, there's like a million people. So <laughs> now you have to deal with that. So I don't really want to end on that note. Uh, maybe we, um, I don't know. I will come up with some better topics for tomorrow, um, or maybe I won't post. I'm, you know, I need to probably take some pride in the, the quality of this and what I'm talking about and, uh, and what I'm passionate about. Um, it's just been on my mind, you know, COVID, the news, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I think as time moves on, I'll probably get more political, but I'll try to remain respectful and not, and as always, I'm, I'm down to, I'll end with this thought. This, this will be a good one. Um, even though, even for people who don't play NBA 2K. So I have NBA 2K21 on my PS4. I don't have a PS5. Like, why would I, I, I don't need that. I'm good with the 2K21. I... I have a my league, which is basically I'm like the GM, and I chose the Knicks because they're terrible. They're not that bad. They weren't that bad, and I wanted to rebuild them. And for some reason, in that game, 
Obi Toppin, who was just a rookie, and then and in my game he's a sophomore. He's averaging 20 points in 10. He's a 2010 guy, averaging 20 points. That's absurd. He's not that good. But I ain't complaining. All right, I'm not complaining. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take the 20. So that's what I'll that's what I'll end the podcast on. They probably nerfed them online or whatever, but they're not going to touch on like roster updates or whatever. Maybe they will.